Welcome in, everyone, to another All-22 Daily. We are still talking draft, and we're going to continue from yesterday's conversation, talking about the QB profiles. And, Ray, I want you to start off today's episode by talking about none other than Will Levis. Oh, boy. Will Levis. So the book on Will Levis, he's big, he's athletic, he's strong, he's tough, and he has a huge arm. That is all fantastic. I kind of let off with Bryce Young in yesterday's episode, right? And Levis is essentially the exact opposite. Young's got the the size concerns, right? He's not built like your prototype quarterback that if you were in a lab and you wanted to make one, he would look just like Will Levis, right? He would not look like Bryce Young. So it's great and it's important that he has all those traits and that he's a tough SOB, but there's so much more to it. And I think the book on Will Levis is that he hasn't consistently shown all of the other attributes that are needed to play quarterback uh, when it comes to that sort of anticipation, feel in the pocket, uh, touch especially, right? Um, the feel for the game and just being flat good at football. Will Levis is one of those where it's like, I'm not, I'm not quite sure where he is on that spectrum yet, right? Uh, he kind of goes out there and just plays exactly like he's built, just tough and strong and just kind of like with brute force uh, tries to basically like pound all the problems on the field into submission, right? There's no uh, like innate feel or grace to his game, right? I think the best way to sort of succinctly describe Will Levis in comparison to some of the other quarterbacks, right? Will Levis is like is like rock and roll. And then someone like Bryce Young is more like Beethoven, right? Kind of smooth, graceful, kind of more of a fluidity to his game. Not that one is inherently better than the other, but it's two totally different flavors of ice cream, right? So um, when you talk grading-wise, right, Will Levis wasn't the highest grader um, in, in the NCAA or anything close to it, really. And there's a lot of talk about his supporting cast at Kentucky and how that might have contributed to that. Um, but I do think talking about quarterbacks at this level, when we're talking about them being drafted in the top 10, right, as high as they are, uh, you do maybe want to see a little bit more to overcome some of that. Uh, and I think one thing that stood out when watching Will Levis and then actually looking at uh, some of the grading thereafter, it kind of bore it out, right? Um when there's pressure in Will Levis's face, right? He grades 71.7, which is actually higher than Bryce Young, which kind of makes sense in that he's almost that like chaotic, loud player um, as opposed to more so within the structure. Things are going according to plan. Timing is just right. It's just a, it's a, it's a bit of a frenetic feel with Will Levis. Um, so basically he's got all of the, the tangible things, the size, the arm strength, the athleticism, but there's a refinement in his game that I think is needed uh, to put him on par with some of the other quarterbacks that we've talked about and maybe we'll talk about here too. Ray, that was beautiful, man. Talking about rock and roll Beethoven, like that was beautiful, man. I, I can't help but think of two other prospects that kind of had, you know, injury aside, similar journeys, right? So a few years ago, we were talking about Justin Herbert being the number one pick in a draft that he decided not to enter. The next year he goes back to school and his play actually went down, right? Everybody watched him and was like, hmm, maybe he's not 
the guy we thought he was. He obviously gets drafted, has had a lot of success. The other guy I'm talking about, similarly, was being had a great sophomore year, was going into his junior year as the guy. He was going to be the number one overall pick. That was Spencer Rattler, who then went into his junior year, and it was a total, total uh, downgrade. Just absolutely blew it. Uh, he's on this like fifth school in three years. Like, like the dude's done, right? Is there something to Levis's game that lends him to one or the other? And is there something also to a guy of his caliber maybe being asked to do more? You know, maybe his sophomore year, they kept it a little simple. He goes and destroys. And maybe a lot of prospects have that, right? Like Drake May last year, we could say maybe that happened to him where, you know, he th- had 42 big time throws, just had a great year, but maybe they weren't asking him to do a lot of NFL difficult things. And then was Levis then this year asked to do a lot more, right? He has NFL coaches. Is there a chance they asked him to run a more NFL playbook, which is more difficult, but in the NFL, we might see him actually produce at a higher level due to that. You know, I don't think so. I think he just simply hasn't shown it to that level quite yet, right? So in 2021, for example, right, most people point to that and say, well, he was much better in 2021, right? You can't, not that you just throw out his 2022 tape and, and all that, but his supporting cast was was down, right? And whereas in 2021, he had Wandale Robinson, they had some a better offensive line and so forth, and he performed much better. And yeah, he did, but really not as well as you might think, right? He still had 13 interceptions, right? He had a 24 uh, touchdown, 13 interception season uh, in 2021, as opposed to 19 touchdowns, 10 picks in 2022. Uh, his yards per attempt was actually uh, less um, in 2021. I just think he showed flashes in 2021, and people saw that, and then they saw the size. They saw this rocked-up specimen with a big arm and basically took the next step on their own and projected the leap to take place with him, and it never actually materialized. And then now, post-mortem, they sort of look back and go, well, if you look at Kentucky, they were a mess. And sure, they they were a mess, but he didn't he wasn't an eraser in that regard, right? I mean, I, I want to draft a quarterback in the top 10. I'm, my team's probably a mess. <laughs> so yeah. I need to at least see some element in college that you're able to to be part of that solution and elevate those around you so that at least I know it's in there when you're in the pros. Not that I'm expecting you to do that as a rookie, but at least I know it's in there. So if I can at least build some more pieces around you, get you comfortable with my offense, that sort of thing, come year two, three, and four, I know I have something to work with. He hasn't really shown that yet. And people are now trying to sort of say, well, it's because of this. And um, that's what makes me nervous is that he might still be able to, he's got the traits, but he hasn't lived up to those traits yet. If he hasn't done that in college, what makes me feel comfortable saying or betting my job basically as a general manager that he's going to do that in the pros? Do you have a comp for Levis? Ooh, uh, I'd have to think about that one. I don't, I don't, I don't love comps. I really don't. Cause I feel like, I don't know. I feel like either you put too high of an expectation on them or people think you're just like, 
you're trashing the player depending on who the, the comparison is, right? People um, love comps. People love comps. And you got to give the people what they want. People love junk food too. It doesn't mean it's good for you, you know? Like, <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of things we love that just we're better off without. So, um, I'm sure as we talk through this, I might come up with one sort of in my head as we go through, but I don't want to say one now. And, and you then, stop me. You, know, you stop me at any moment when you're ready. You just stop okay. me. All right. Let's jump into Richardson. All right. I'm going to take Anthony Richardson. He's probably the easiest prospect to fall in love with his highlight tape but be totally destroyed by his actual film, any prospect I've ever seen. Um, as a thrower, he can make every throw on the field. He has a huge arm, and I actually really like his throwing motion. Incredibly inconsistent with ball placement, though, and it reminded me a lot of late career Cam Newton, which is not a good thing, right? He can go through his progressions. We saw that on tape, but he was never really patient enough to do it often, uh, which is a big concern of mine. As a runner, he might be the best athlete we've ever seen at the position. And I'm saying that with guys like Lamar and Cam already in the NFL, right? Uh, he shows that flashiness that Lamar does with his elusiveness. And then he also has that power that Cam does with that big body. Um, he's nowhere near the finished product that th those guys were, but I still really like him. Uh, by now, everybody's seen his combine performance, and I don't need to talk, talk about it to nauseum. Uh, but none of that should have been a surprise to anyone, right? He showed all of that on tape. Uh, but besides his athleticism, the tape showed a very confusing story, like I mentioned earlier. At moments, Richardson was probably the best prospect I've ever evaluated. And then the next moment, he would be the absolute worst first-round prospect I've ever seen. There was actually games where I was sitting there watching, and I was yelling at the coach on the TV to pull him because that's how bad he was doing for that team. And I actually felt there were moments where he was costing his team wins. So Saying all of that, I think his overall play style reminds me a lot of RG3, but again, he's not the finished product that that guy is, and he is not the finished product that a Lamar or a Cam is. Um, funny, when the Panthers traded up to the number one pick, I was sold that they were trading up to draft Richardson because the traits. In recent years, all of these teams have been falling in love with these really traits-driven prospects that didn't really have the production. We saw Trey Lance get uh, picked by the 49ers after they traded three first to go get him. And I felt like Richardson was kind of built of that same mold and a team would fall in love and do that until basically Josh McCown said to Stroud, let's go play pick, pick up when you move to Carolina. Um, so yeah, I, I look at QBs in the NFL that rely heavily on their running ability. And I can't help to think that Richardson is actually better than most of them. Um, I love Lamar. I always have. And I think Lamar's throwing ability is so underrated. And I just wish they gave him some receivers. But saying that, and actually I'll pause. I wrote this. I wrote what I'm saying over the weekend before today, Lamar came out and said that he demanded a trade. Okay. So I'm just going to preface that. But being diplomatic with what I said, Lamar hasn't had an 80 passing grade since 2019, the year he won MVP. And the Ravens have done nothing to bring out that part of his game, which tells me that they don't think it exists at that high level that you want in a franchise quarterback. So Ray, let's talk about it this way. I think I would put my neck on the line and say that it makes sense for the Ravens and Lamar to part ways and for the Falcons to trade two first round picks to the Ravens to draft for, uh, for Lamar so that the Ravens can then go and draft Richardson. Lamar would go to Atlanta and we've talked about this. Lamar would go to Atlanta with a with the best run-blocking offensive line in football uh, and two elite weapons in Pitts and London. Richardson would then go to Baltimore with a couple of years to learn before being expected to win. 
And in those two years, they would have the extra draft picks and capital to add receiving talent to that offense. So my question to you, Ray, is do you think a trade like that could actually happen before draft day? And do you like Richardson and his upside with a coach like Harborough? It could happen. It probably won't. I wish the NFL would do more things like that. I think it's just more fun. Um, I need to see Atlanta show some interest in Lamar and maybe they will here in coming weeks uh, as we get closer to, you know, a deadline being the NFL draft. I would like to see it. I'm not sure if someone like the Ravens would want to go down the road of uh, another sort of mobile big arm quarterback and that sort of style. Right. I, I don't think Greg Roman is there anymore either. So maybe they just want to go into a totally different direction now. We'll see. There's still so much more to play out in that situation that we just don't know anybody who speaks as if they do. They don't. Um, I will say of the two that we're, we're discussing here between Levis and Richardson, and it could just be because Richardson basically came onto the scene 12 months later that he's getting the benefit of the doubt. But if I had to stick my neck out for one, it would probably be Richardson just because I don't think he's had as much of a window to show whether or not he can elevate uh, his game like Levis has. I mean, even going back to before Kentucky, I mean, Sean Clifford at Penn State was benched during the 2020 season and for, for very poor play, Will Levis came in and was worse. And they basically dumbed down the offense into uh, quarterback dies with Levis in the game. And, and that's that. He just couldn't take it by the reins, right? And one thing that I like with quarterbacks, especially young quarterbacks, is I at least want to hear early on the, the, the whispers, the murmurs. Oh, I think this guy's got something here. This guy, I think he could be something great. You didn't really hear that with him. And so it could, you know, I think if I had to stick my neck out for one, it would be Richardson. Cause I do think we kind of heard those whispers coming out of uh, Gainesville early in his career with the caveat that he was raw and needed some time to put it all together. And he hasn't had as much time to put it all together. So um, could he flourish in a system like what we've seen Lamar in previously? I think so but I'm not sure he's going to get that opportunity or if he does, it won't be in Baltimore. Okay. So then let me ask you another question, right? So Lamar and Justin Fields are two prospects that have had not the best passing grades, but have had elite rushing grades. Uh, Lamar had a 92.6, which was good for second and Fields had a 91.5, which was good for third in rushing. Right. But as a passer Fields this year was 59th with a 54.4 passing grade. Okay. And Lamar was 19th with a 72.3. Of those two guys, where do you see Richardson? How does he compare to those two guys? Hmm. He's, he's more fields. He's more fields on the ground and maybe more Lamar through the air. I think he's, yes, yeah, stylistically, he's more Lamar through the air. I think Fields is a much more deliberate processor and Richardson lives a little bit more in the chaos, similar to Levis and similar to Jackson when it comes to making things happen downfield that may be a bit off script. Hmm. I, I, I like the idea of letting him be that guy like Fields was this year in the first year or two of his career until you get him the weapons, right? And and start to expect him to win, kind of like what Jalen Hurts had this year, right? Like the first couple of years, it wasn't really, there wasn't that expectation to be a winner. 
this year there was. They got him the weapons. They let him go do that. I don't see like Richardson has everything those guys have, right? He has all of it. He has all of it. He's just not as accurate of a thrower maybe, but I think that he has the tools where you can start to teach those things. And in the right situation, I, I just, again, I put my neck out on the line and say that I think he has what it takes to be an elite quarterback in the NFL. This is how a lot of people get fired. You know that, right? Luck, luckily, I just, if you just give him this. If you just give him this, I could totally see how. And then next thing you know, you're, <laughs> you're on the chopping block. So that's why for a fixed price, you could play in as many leagues as you want. You could take <laughs> chances like this. And if one doesn't work out, you have another league where you have Levis. Fair enough. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Okay. So right. Any last comments on either of the guys? Uh, I have plenty more. I think we both do. And I think we may dive into this a bit further this week on yes. all the quarterbacks. So uh, Wednesday, we'll now, start going into Wednesday. We'll start going into ranking. So uh, tune in again tomorrow. And then on Wednesday, we will have a really fun episode where we're going to really uh, dig in and start ranking these guys to show, show you what we think. And I know I've hyped up Richardson. Where does he land? Got to tune in to find out. So if you haven't already, uh, please give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at all 22 underscore PFF. Leave a review wherever you are watching or listening, whether YouTube, Apple, anywhere else. Thank you so much. And uh, again, we'll talk to you tomorrow.